folks. Uh, this is Ted here uh, with Waterbound and Link. All right, welcome to our third episode. So uh, we uh, we got some good feedback on the last couple, and uh, we're having a good time doing these. So we'll just keep it rolling here. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Uh, also, so one thing that's new is we have a. Uh, uh, I guess we've got an email address and a Facebook page. So, yeah, uh, our Facebook page is just uh, Waterbound Podcast. Podcast, yeah. yeah. So just check it out. And what we're doing with that page is trying to post some photos of the things that we're talking about. If it's a certain kind of strap, you know, contraption, then. We'll post a photo on there or, or, or a link to where we bought the straps or whatever, you know, just stuff we talk about. If it's uh, if we needed a visual, we're trying to post it on there for information. Yeah, I think I think it's a great resource for people, um, you know, who are looking to pick up some new gear and find out where to where to get it from and some stuff that's tested um, and uh, kind of give our our feedback on it. Yeah, and our new email address is waterboundpodcast at gmail.com. So shoot us any uh, questions or whatever, not that we're experts, but we're happy to take a stab at it, I guess. Um, Yeah, that or you just want to, you know, some criticism or, you know, that you don't really care about putting on a uh, public forum. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) Much appreciated. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'd love to have some feedback. All right, so we'll just uh, jump in here to uh, let's talk about some some recent trips. We've had a lot of water, uh, a lot of rain. Uh, so, where where you been paddling, Link? Uh, it's been been a pretty good couple weeks. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, our last podcast, I forgot to. Update folks on a uh, trip to the Conasaga River over in um, north uh, north central Georgia, I guess it is northwestern Georgia. It's kind of around that point, but uh, that on the other the side, the the Cahuta, yeah, yeah, okay. the Cahuta Wilderness, and um, yeah, just a a beautiful wilderness run, uh, two mile hike in, mile and a half to two mile hike in. Uh, to a 12-mile uh, class 4 to 5 run at the level it was at. It was about 2 feet on the new gauge. Uh, the old gauge, I think it would have read somewhere around 3 feet. So it was pretty pretty stout level for um, uh, me and the S1 and uh, my buddy Casey, uh, who was uh, trying out R1 in the uh, Cloud 9. So really, really. How'd stout. that go? Yeah, it went great. It went great. We had some, had some fun, man. Um, compared to this, is my third or fourth, uh, third trip on the Conasaga, and the first trip was kind of a botched, extremely low water run that we missed the bubble with, uh, with a couple of friends, and um, and just did the uh, the lower part of the upper Conasaga and then. Uh, well, yeah, because there are different sections of that, right? There are. There's like two different sections, and um, one uh, the let's see the the main upper. I guess some folks call it the upper upper. I forget, but uh, you put in at 
Hickory Creek Gap, I think it is, and hike in, uh, hike in and put in right where um, another creek joins it, and I forget the name of it, maybe Rough Creek or something like that, and that that's several miles long, and then uh, the other lower put in is called uh, at Chicken Coop Gap, which is only about it's a very very steep kind of slide down into the river. Uh, with a boat, but um, you get the lower lower part of that gorge. But we we ran the whole thing, and um, probably one of the biggest rapids up there is uh, a, a big one called Chernobyl, um, and uh, or Chernobyl. Uh, but it was a whole lot of fun, whole lot of fun, and a really gorgeous place. Uh, you know, very very remote. Um, most of the time, um, there are times where the road's probably a mile above you or maybe a mile and a half above you yeah. or a half a mile at, at Chicken Coop Gap. But uh, it's, it's, it's pretty back in there. It's so gorgeous. Um, so uh, uh, really, really probably the best, the best whitewater um, that I've run in, in Georgia. Wow. So, I mean, it's yeah, just it's- quality continuous at high water like it was on us and uh big big burly drops and fun and i'd love i know that lower section i mean i've driven through there and and got out and hiked along one of the i guess near a put in or something but um and then my buddy ray i know paddled it a few years ago that lower section and then i hear you know i see from time to time people on georgia canoe you know discussing that it's a one of the lesser paddled rivers, but it's like people should be out there on it. I mean, because the lower part's a lot more chill, right? The I mean, low, like yeah, a, like where we, where, class two, yeah, where we take out is like yeah. class two. Yeah. Um, from there down and you can go down, uh, I guess that run eventually runs into trying to think what river it would run into, um, below high or downstream of highway four eleven, But, uh, yeah, it, it, it goes for quite a ways after on the lower, and really chill through farmland and a really pretty area out there. Well, I say that I, I did do a, I mean, it was almost a flat water trip with, oh, I don't know, it was, I don't know if it was TVCC. Oh, a couple of years ago, we went out and did a section of it, but it was really, there was no white water on that part. So I don't even yeah. know where we were, but it yeah. was the Conasauga, but it <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was that. I'm sure it was that stretch downstream. But it was not the part that goes through the Cohutta. Yeah, so this is yeah. more like farmland. Well, yeah, once 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 you get down to that takeout for the Upper Conasauga, you're you're in that area where you're in farmland. There's you know road access. Uh, there's a lot of very um, it's very private land out there, so you got to know where you're at. You don't yeah. want to get out on anybody's property. Which we found out my second run. Oh wow! Uh, we we <laughs> we got kind of run off. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, and I I didn't know any better. I just thought we were you know taken out on a power line right next to the road, and, and it was someone's property. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Gotta be careful with that yep. stuff. Yeah. But I, I love it out there. Any any chance I get to go out there, especially at higher flow, man, it was amazing, amazing class. Four to five whitewater there a couple times, you know, um, lots of lots of wood in there, and yeah, some definitely some spots that you gotta, you definitely gotta know what you're doing when you're dealing with strainers and log jams and wood. So, 
All uh, right. Another one I got on was uh, uh, Big Creek this past weekend up in the, the west, uh, east side of the Smokies that flows into the Pigeon River right at the powerhouse there. And um, uh, it was a pretty crazy... Uh, pretty crazy day getting there. Uh, we were getting all that rain. Stuff was starting to flood. Um, I could I could probably talk two more episodes <laughs> about the shuttle or about or about the the drive up. Yeah. Um, but uh, I forty was shut down due to landslides. Uh, and they rerouted everybody around the mountain through uh, Hot Springs, North Carolina. Wow! And I'm talking like on a little two lane road with eighteen wheelers and everybody else that was supposed to be on forty. Um, took me three and a half hours to get up there, where it should only taken two. Um, and I even rerouted up even more backcountry road over the mountain into Hartford, uh, Tennessee, but. Uh, yeah, it was uh, did some mudding on the way, some four wheeling. <laughs> um, the road was sliding off the mountain. Uh, went over and under trees. Drove full on rivers that were flowing down the roads, just to get to. The <laughs> and you knew this, it was gonna have water. When yeah, you yeah, I knew at that point. And um, but uh, my buddy uh, Joe and his couple of his friends were all about it, so we got on Big Creek at. Very high flow, um, and it's it's hard it's a hard gauge to read. You kind of got to eyeball it, um, but it was uh, it was very stout level for Big Creek, and I S one it, and I did more three sixties <laughs> than I cared to have done. Uh, but it's it's full of big boulders, and all those boulders were underwater wow. and formed big waves and holes and. So it took us, uh, I think it's like a couple mile run, and we did it in like 20, 25 minutes. Wow. With, uh, that, that's like, on my list, but I, I think I'm, I'm, I'd be more interested in doing an elf run. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so, because and, I, I used to kayak it, so yeah. I, I, you know, was familiar with it. I'm like, so what was, yeah. it, what was it running at? It was, I, it's, it's hard to tell. You don't because, know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got there, and I had some friends that ran it before us. And they said it was, hey, what you got? They said it was, uh, oh, no, sir. Uh, sorry. Rio's eating <laughs> some of Miss Ida's toys. Um, my friends uh, that ran it before us said it was three and a half feet, but it surged to five and a half. And at that point, you can't even see the gauge. So it's it's all, you know, guesswork at that point, but uh, it was it was very very stout level. So the what, highest I've ever seen. What it. would be the and just to back up, I was I said. I mean, the, three and the, a half would have been was high. Yeah, yeah. But when you were kayaking <laughs> back when you kayaked it, what what would you like to do it at? Uh, I'm trying to remember because it was so long ago. We used yeah. to go up there all the time when I went to Brevard, but um, I think somewhere around two. Yeah. Two and a half feet on the gauge, and the gauge is just upstream of the confluence with the pigeon, and uh, it was it was high enough, and uh, that we ran the lowhead dam at the end of Big Creek that dumps into the pigeon. Okay. So and it was like a huge drop. I yeah. mean, like really cool <laughs> big wave drop, but crazy. Uh, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was a big day for cool. sure. And that, and so just a second ago, I was using some fancy paddling lingo, and I said elfing. 
What what does elf oh, mean? Elf extra low flow. Yeah. Or, or extremely low flow. Elf uh, yeah, extreme <laughs> exactly. I mean elf levels are good to sometimes to you know, scout a river. Uh sometimes you end up getting stuck or even, you know, in worse situations, but uh for yeah, most of the time an elf level is, you know, scrapey. So it's slower. So yeah, a lot. I mean, I know a lot of times it's what somebody would want to avoid. But you know, if I yeah, it's something like if I were well, I, I know there's the 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 guys up in West Virginia, Attila and Jim Snyder, and those guys. Uh, that was their thing was doing like elfing these creeks and rivers up there at yeah. one point in those thrill seekers, um, which were kind of made for that which we're that's a topic we're going to get into <laughs> here anyway oh captain segway here yeah 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 well wait before we before we segue there let's uh you you mentioned there's another uh yeah one on more Davidson. one more uh one more run that um a rush over the mountain hopefully to get on the upper davidson at some some decent flow at, uh, near uh brevard and pisgah national forest and uh we got there and it was it was pretty low forever it was it was that kind of at the scrape scrapey elf level for most boaters but you know there were people there doing laps and uh the upper davidson i i had forgotten how fun it is and it's a great fun little creek run if it's running uh i've never even heard of it but i mean that doesn't mean yeah <laughs> it's, just, but that's, that's well we, we used to hit uh we had like the triple the the Transylvania County Triple Crown for us class three four boaters uh, whenever I was whenever I was in school at Brevard College was uh, we we started on the Upper Davidson we jumped over the mountain because it's uh, like only a couple of miles from over the mountain to the North Fork of the French Broad and if it was high enough you could run the West Fork of the French Broad all in the same day. And uh, and if you're lucky enough, you could even get on Looking Glass Creek above Looking Glass Falls, which was some pretty serious class four, class five ish, like really, really gnarly class four kind of drops in the trees, you know, logs and stuff. But uh, um, but yeah, the upper D is like three plus pushing, you know, it's like four minus if that there's not not really any consequences up there, but it's a fun creek, and I've forgotten how fun it was. It, there's a, there's a great section of whitewater up there. It's a couple miles long, maybe like I think it's like three miles long, um, and uh, really cool, really fun. Um, some cool rapids, and uh, and and you were doing all of that in your fat cat. Yeah, I did it. In the, so well, long. actually, no. I, I on on so on Big Creek, I took took the fat cat on uh, the Davidson. I was thinking far enough ahead that I wanted to get on something like that in the cloud nine. Okay. So I took the cloud nine, um, and just with, to like be, with know, just Rio clarify cloud nine is, it's a nine foot raft, little tiny raft by uh Rocky mountain rafts. And, um, <laughs> took Rio. I'm like, ah, oh, it's not too crazy of a level, you know, it'll be good counterbalance counterweight. Yeah. And, uh, so it showed my buddy Shane and his wife and their fat cat, and then um, his friend Mary and his two nephews were R three and Mini 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 Max, and uh, <laughs> it was it was quite the trip. We had 
uh, possibly some of the first rafts, you know, I, I'm sure people have rafted it before in small boats, but we had a little action. At, Maybe at, not families and dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely a, a full-on family trip. <laughs> but uh, uh, we had a couple swimmers at Whaleback. It's like the first major rapid. And then uh, it was an easy cleanup because it drops into a pool. But it's a cool rapid. It's cool fun, like 10-foot drop into uh, into a big pool. And then uh, right downstream of there, uh, uh, Rio had his first whitewater swim uh, out of the raft. And uh, he I just came off a little ledge booth and he, uh, just landed at a little too much angle on his side. And, uh, and he's got his little PFD. He got his PFD on and he slid out and started and immediately just, yeah, he's like, I'm like, oh, no, you know, and... and uh, He's like, because he came out head first, he was swimming downstream, you know, and I was like, Rio, get to shore. And he swam <laughs> to shore uh, and met up with me. I got him back in and uh, we had some, Good we boy. had some, we had some interesting times that day on Upper Davidson. It's such a beautiful and fun run, easy access. Um, yeah, definitely one to check out. Uh, there is some wood in it though, so got to be careful there if it's running high there there's quite a bit of wood in it um which was not there when i used to run it so that's that's the trip reports all right well <laughs> uh so i'll say uh, uh cheers to you we're drinking uh what are we having tonight hobnail ipa yeah out of athens yeah. ga so not too far down the road from us here so uh uh, pretty nice. All right. So, yeah, we'll transition over to our topic tonight. And you want to talk about some inflatable kayaks. That's right. IKs, duckies. What's the other term? Um, high high performance whitewater inflatable craft. That's right. It's too much. Um, so, too, too first much. of all, like, and this has been discussed on other podcasts and, and whatnot, and which I love hearing about it. So, I, I appreciate it. Um, you know, first of all, like this is something I know I've discussed with my buddies lots of times. And because when I first got into this, I my first sort of foray into whitewater was with a ducky. Um, and, you know, really I had a blast. And I don't know if I would have gotten into it if it weren't for that. So yeah. I think they're valuable for lots of reasons. But um, the first thing is, you know, the uncool factor. So that's, that's definitely like an issue. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> hating on the duckies. <laughs> oh man. Why? Why do they hate them so much? Uh, you know, hate is going to hate, <laughs> but, uh, you know, guys, you know, there are so many craft out there to get on the water in. You know, I and I've done it myself. I've, you know, made fun of duckies, made fun of creature crafts. Um, you know, I I grew up canoeing, moved into kayaking, you know, became a commercial raft guide, um, and then became a paddleboarder. So uncool. I've 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 moved into the uncoolest stuff throughout my uh, paddling career, but. Listen, yeah, you know, whatever anybody wants to try out, just the fact that they want to get out in the in the uh, in the outdoors and on the river, that's that's what we need to be focused on. 
is that enthusiasm. Yeah, like, people are, you know, people want to have fun. And yeah. You can definitely have fun, um, and you can also make fun. So. You can have so much fun <laughs> in a ducky, first of all, because I, I know, because I, I used to guide ducky trips, IK trips, um, you know, in, in West Virginia, and, uh, oh, man, you talking about some crazy fun and, you know, on the New River, on the on the uh, upper New River at one and a half feet or so when, I forget when we, no, it was like a foot when we started running them down to Canard. Anyways, running Surprise Rapid on the New River in a ducky. <laughs> the, it's just, there's, it's just instant swim, yeah. instant carnage, and so much fun. Well, I, I so I mean, really, what I think the deal is 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 a number of, of things are at play here. the The first thing is, you know, many uh, inexperienced paddlers show up, like let's say at the Nanahala, no experience whatsoever. They'll the outfitters, uh, you know, are, are happy to rent them an oversized inflatable kayak. And they get on it and they're, you know, they're having fun, but they don't know what they're doing. Clearly, as you see them go down and sitting on top of thwarts and leaning back and so forth. Um, and, you know, everything is kind of clumsy about it. Those those boats are like barges, you know, and they're, they're like the tubes are really large. They're made to sit down in and be stable and keep people in the boat. Yeah, most commercial IKs are, but there there are some that there are some companies that that actually go out and buy quality gear because they want their people to have a quality experience. Sure. And but I think, you know, well and of course even like the ones I'm describing are I mean they're good quality boats. They're just not high performance boats, I guess. They're they're built to keep people like safe and in the boat i mean you know not to to be nimble or yeah and there's a reason why they they (laughs) send them down the nanahala which is you know which is pretty tame yeah um so i think that's like one one image that comes to mind when people think about these types of boats and um but uh see i i have flashbacks to surprise (laughs) <laughs> and six, 60 duckies on top of one another and no yeah. like maybe one person makes it through the whole thing in the in in the IK there look, look it up look up look up uh surprise rapid like ducky carnage yeah, yeah. and it's hilarious well the you know the other <laughs> i think the other thing that you know one of the reasons people give them such a hard time is and and you know i i Still paddle a ducky sometimes. You know, we talked about this already on the earlier episodes that, you know, we've, we've got these sort of a, a, our own little personal fleet of boats. So our quiver, I guess, you know, so you've got, you know, a hard boat, a raft, and a ducky and some your, other things. Your quiver's more diverse than mine. You know, it's sure. diverse. I, I've always, <laughs> you know, I, I seem to get have a maybe a short attention span so i get interested in in every <laughs> every kind of craft or every instrument or whatever it may be but um so you know and and that's exactly how it worked out for me like i went from you know getting into whitewater a little bit just getting a taste of it with the ducky and did that for a year and a half or more with uh with some good buddies and we all had a great time going out you know uh ray and chuck and and tommy and you know, we had a good time getting out, Lauren, and uh, 
had a blast getting on some big stuff. And then I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try the hard boat out. And I got into that and, you know, I had to back, Ooh, I had to back yeah. down, I had to back down. So I had to go back and, you know, kind of learn, go back to these uh, rivers like Nantahala and figure out how to do it in a hard boat and work my way back up. But, um, and I think that's where the hard boaters have the issue. I think they think that ducky paddlers haven't paid their dues. And by that, I mean, they haven't learned, you know, to roll a boat. They haven't learned, you know, maybe how to, how to catch eddies or do ferries or, or any, but you know, I, th- I think it's just cause most of them think they're just too cool for school and they'd never <laughs> be seen in something like, you know, an inflatable that they, they, they basically think, you know, I, I know a lot of kayakers that think the same way, you know, and when I say kayakers, I mean, whitewater, like hard boaters, um, you know, think the same way about folks that go rafting. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, General inflatable discrimi- uh, discrimination. <laughs> Second class citizens. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, we're starting to move. You know, you guys always <laughs> want us right below the rapid to pick you up, and uh, or you want to come over and drink our beer. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's funny. You know, it's funny to be, and you've done the same thing because you're in different. You know, sometimes you're kayaking and sometimes you're in a raft, but. You know, you so you're with the kayakers one day, and they're, you know, they're beating up on the, the rafts or the or the inflatables, and uh, you know, then you're with the, you know, the, <laughs> you're with the inflatables the next day. So, uh, so anyway, it's just it's an interesting dynamic on the river, and you've kind of got that in all kinds of, you know, different, I guess. Uh, interest groups and whatnot. I mean, there's, there's that sort of thing happening in all kinds of Well, yeah, of there's, there's, too, you know, motorcycles. I always compare the ducky to, I mean, you know, see these people going down the road, all these motorcycles and there's like one guy, <laughs> one guy at the end on a trike. On the trike. He's on the trike. Or on the, the spider or whatever. Yeah. The spider. Yeah. The trike, the trike it's guy. Not even, it's not even really a trike. It's a re- reverse. <laughs> but the trike is having just as much fun. It's a dyslexic trike. <laughs> as the motorcycles, but he's not really a motorcycle guy. Yeah. So that's where I feel like sometimes it feels that way. But, um, <laughs> so very, <laughs> it's a very good um, analogy for sure. Well, so anyway, or, yeah. But w- so we'll, you know. So, anyway, there that we can't resolve that for everybody. But no. uh, but you know, I guess I'm now. I, I worked my way up far enough. You know, I'm no expert and no claim to be, but just I, I feel like I'm a competent hard boat kayaker. And you know, or average paddler, and and so now I've decided. You know what? I don't really care if I if I need to take the ducky on this run. That's what I'll take. And and so now I want to get into reasons why, if I have the choice of a raft or a paddle or a cat or shredder style boat or a ducky or a kayak, a hard boat. Like, why would I choose to take the ducky? You know, why would I choose that boat? And I and so I've got a list here that I can just run through in a hurry here. Oh which wow! Is, you know, like yeah, you got, you got. <laughs> easy to transport. You know, so of course, like the raft. These can, are the advantages. Yeah, you can deflate, transport it that way. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, 
Trans- transportation is 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 a big thing because you know I I do a lot of paddleboarding and you know a lot of and, and inflatable paddleboards probably the greatest thing about them is they're they're uh, uh, you know easily transportable you know fold them like, up like, roll them up throw them in the trunk of your car you can't do that with your kayak unless you have like a you know, Crown Victoria or, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Escalade, uh, an Escalade, which, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids do these days. They got their, you know, their Escalade and their, you know, but, um, but yeah, easy transport for sure. So that's and storage a, for that matter. Because yeah. Storage. Yeah, absolutely. So if you don't have a lot of room in your, at your house, garage, apartment, you know, you can, another thing, deflate it, pack it up. Uh, so those are good things. Um, they also make a nice airbed. That's true. You can if you're camping, but that it's a great <laughs> sleeping bed. You know, I'd I'd say I heard uh, Joe at Ace Kayaking say one time that he had been sleeping on some of their duggies. Oh man, you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. New River overnights when we used to do uh, the I used to do those ducky overnights on the New River up in West Virginia. I would I would sleep in a ducky up on top of the gear boat. That sounds good to me, man. I'll tell y'all about that story another time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so going, you know, keeping on here with the, you know, clearly one of the reasons that outfitters will rent them to people is they're generally stable and pretty forgiving. You know, yeah. for for a beginner. Yeah. Um, so one of my one of the things I love about it is the ability to self rescue in the middle of the river. So like, you're, if you're in an inflatable kayak, you're probably going to swim. You know, you're probably going to swim more than you would in a hard boat. So best know how to self rescue. Yeah, you hang on to that thing. And it's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> you you know I always describe it. Uh, my buddy Ray is really good at this, and he he looks like a cat like you know coming out of the water. Like scrambling back into that yeah. thing, but yeah, you can do it in a hurry. Like it's not about grace, folks. No, but it's you not get, about grace. I think you can just about get back in it as fast as you can almost yeah. roll a boat. But it doesn't take much. But that that is that's great. Um, you know, you're not sealed inside uh, like a hard boat, and for a sealed. lot of what <laughs> sealed, not sealed. I feel like I'm sealed in there. When yeah, I, got that skirt on. I mean. You know, you, you got, are if you're like grab loop is. Well, that's true. You got but you got your or, you got your uh, knee straps on. So perception though is yeah yeah. Well, amongst a lot of people, well, I'll tell you this: most of the time when they I, look at us in a, in a whitewater kayak and in a hard hard shell kayak, they think you know like, oh, well, how are you going to get out yeah, of that you're thing? Stuck in there. You're stuck in there. Well, you know, and again, like if I roll in my kayak. Or if I, you know, even if I, even if I roll up, I mean, I'm going to flip upside down. So in the inflatable kayak, I might, my head might go into water, but most of the time it doesn't. Most of the time I just flop out on the side. Right. You know, so there's something to be said for that. It's beautiful. The light. (laughs) It looks amazing when it happens. But, um, you know, that to me, that's, you know, that's important to a lot of people. A lot of people do not want to get into kayaking because they they're afraid to get in that boat and put that skirt on. And I understand it. You know, it definitely is something you have to like get over. Um, well, I mean that that's, it's 
So kind of what you are kind of getting at is that, you know, the inflatable kayak kind of takes that mental that mental aspect of hardshell kayaking takes that psychological, that fear of flipping over and not being able to get out of the kayak, takes that out of the equation. It's like, yeah, you fall off the inflatable kayak, off the IK, off the ducky, and you get back on. Rio, what are you doing? Chewing on something. (laughs) But, you Um, know, a lot of people people say, you know, hey, I I don't mind taking a swim. I just don't want to be upside down. And yeah. in my boat. So yeah, I don't like it. Don't yeah, like who it likes it? Down. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> so another. So yeah, you know, exit quickly. And by that, I don't mean like when I fall out. <laughs> I mean like if I'm coming down. So again, I was saying like, why would I take it? Why would I choose it? Uh, so lately, I've been trying to get out and hit some of these uh, creeks. creeks. Yeah, some of these creeks that uh, you know, Link has inspired me to get out and, and do some of these things that are not so common. And to me, I like getting on these smaller creeks in the inflatable where I can basically leap out of the boat, like get over to the side. If I come around a blind turn and there's a big strainer, a bunch of wood, you know, I can get to the side of the river and just step out of the boat. So that's a big difference to me. There's definitely some advantages in that aspect. Yeah. I mean... And then I can just, you know, it's pretty easy to grab and get right back in it. So yeah. the portage around is easy, too. So if I'm sure. exploring a new uh, river or, or creek... But you're I, also, you're, you know, you're... Sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. When, when you're running, you know, these types of creeks and rivers that you say I've introduced <laughs> you to... <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Inspired. Yeah, I, I guess I have. But um, but what you're saying is is um, you know you're you're talking about a specific type of IK. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So kind of transitioning over to like you know we were talking about the or initially we we mentioned the kind of outfitter inflatable kayak. So now what we're talking about paddling are these more high performance inflatable kayaks. So there's a number of them out there. And uh, the difference is compared to say an, a big outfitter one is that the tubes are going to be smaller and they're going to be more, uh, I mean, they're not going to carve because they're not a hard boat, but they are going to be some more maneuverable. Can. They'll some be more maneuverable can. at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just, a, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to leave some out, but just to kind of go down a list of, Going back, uh, one of the originators, I guess, would be the Thrill Seeker. You know, Attila's been making those for years. I'd love to have one. That's on my wish list. Um, there's the, you know, Air uh, makes really nice high-end uh, inflatable kayaks. They make a number of them. They make one called the Outfitter that's that's really not an Outfitter, but it's got bigger tubes. And then the, then the Air yeah. Lynx is... I have that, uh, which is a nice kind of, it kind of can do a little bit of everything, maybe not anything well, but everything, you know, it runs pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and let's see, uh, you know, NRS makes several. They've made the, yeah, I'll get kind of lost in theirs, but I guess. Well, now, now, they, now they own Star. Yeah. 
So, but know, NRS so. has been making them for years, and they make the Maverick, which I think is like the Hypalon high-end one. They make a, uh, they made a Bandit that they quit making, and that one was a uh, urethane, so it was lightweight. And I think mm-hmm. the fabric got too expensive, so they quit making it. But yeah. um, a good urethane boat, it's pricey. Yeah, and then they make the Outlaw, which is their more recent. Uh, is it's their tributary brand which is a or not no that's the air brand but uh the outlaw is basically the chinese made boat and uh it's a good introductory inflatable kayak i know there's i had a couple of those at one point and they were they were good boats they've got a drop stitch floor in them and you can get them for six seven hundred bucks so that's a pretty decent boat for that price um Moving along, uh, there's the Cronin uh, Ugly <laughs> Ducky, and so there's a lot of uh, there's almost a cult following with those boats. And Matt Cronin has kind of brought a new uh, design. Um, it it would you know he's got these uh, this major rocker and kind of blunt nose, which allows for it's very stable. Little bigger tubes, um, drop stitch floor again. It's got two thwarts, um, one for a foot rest. That's the other thing I guess we should mention is any of these inflatable kayaks that are performance boats need to have knee straps um, or thigh straps and something to put, you know, either foot pegs or a thwart in the front or well, some foam or something to put your foot on so you can push against it like a bulkhead. And know how to use those. Yes. Um you know, and and one reason why outfitters don't use the uh, the IKs with with thigh straps is they don't want entrapment hazards for their customers. Sure. Uh, you know, and I'm a uh, you know I've, I've been guiding guiding commercial whitewater for a long time, and uh, there there is. Um, there is something about <laughs> uh, commercial rafting guests sometimes that, you know, we, we always say just, you know, that we kind of make fun of them, they act dumb. But, you know, when you go on vacation, you kind of check out, you kind of turn your brain off. And, and you know, what, you know, what a lot of these guys want to do is to avoid, um, you know, to avoid having customers get, get stuck in something and trapped in something. So... You know, I get it, but yeah, if you're going out on your own, you know how to use, you know, thigh straps. Um, you know, and and it makes the boat more responsive. Um, and I've even, you know, rigged up in commercial duckies. I've even rigged up, uh, you know, NRS cam straps to use as thigh straps, and that worked pretty well. Um, but you know, having having a nice solid. Uh, uh, thigh straps are, are really nice that that really really grip your your uh, your legs while you're in the boat and then a bulk some kind of bulkhead in front of you um, you know and boats that I've used that I've guided in I've I've even put uh, you know a dry bag uh dry bag or something strap that in in front of me it it gives you a little resistance something to push off of and keep your thus keep your legs up in the thigh straps so that's always nice yeah and another boat that's to me is sort of i mean we never are i haven't seen many of these over on the in the southeast is the stiletto 
But apparently, out west, that's like the boat. Yeah, I mean, they were you know, they were comparable I, to the thrill seeker. They were, I guess, made um, in the northwest, and I guess in Seattle, and and yeah. you know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk on you know in different uh, forums that you know uh, stiletto is just a knockoff of of. Um, Thrill Seeker. Oh, Thrill Seekers. So, well, and there, so one, a couple know. of things about the Thrill Seeker, and uh, most, if you're into inflatable kayaks, you might know this, but uh, a Thrill Seeker, they don't, it's meant to be kind of like a cat, like catamaran. It, the, the bottom is not fully inflated. So what is, we were talking about elfing, you know, extremely low flow earlier. And those boats were designed so that you could lean over on one tube and slide through a little tiny, uh, you know, crack, I guess. And, and so originally some of them had a foam floor and, you know, instead of inflatable, but so it's, you know, that's the design. It's intentional. The stiletto I think has a foam kind of insert that goes into it. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's not exactly like the floor isn't, you know, you, you slide the foam in. So, you know, and the downside of that is transportation. Sure. Um, and storage. And I think now basically this, this drop stitch floor that you see in the outlaw and you see it in the, uh, Cronin, you know, is a similar kind of design, but it's just, you know, you've got, it's inflatable. So it's kind of nice. Uh, a little bit of new technology that's come along. Um, a couple other boats to mention. I mean, I know, let's see, what did we, uh, tributary is like the, uh, Chinese, the Chinese version, version of, of air. air. Yeah. And so I've got a tributary <laughs> strike also that my kids use yeah. and it's a nice little boat. Nothing wrong with it at all. It's a lot like the Lynx. Um, they make a, you know, what do they make? The, the, is it, what do they call that one? Um, Tomcat is is a yeah. You know, a lot of people get that yeah. as their first boat. Um, it's a little bulky. It, it I've had some friends with it. They're they're fine. There's you know, but but if you get one and you get into it, you'll probably want to get a nicer boat uh, down the road. Um, some other ones, uh, you know, uh, I'm Rocky to... Mountain Rass makes one. They do. Or actually, we have a single and a double, so they're they're pretty decent. You know, it's it's it's. Built along the same lines as, uh, you know, NRS and and um, um, and Airs models. Um, yeah, we we uh, throw in a few extra D rings here and there. It's got handles on the ends, easy to carry, yeah. uh, not too heavy, and uh, yeah, it's and made out of PVC. You know, and that's you know a whole another conversation we could get into different materials for uh, craft, but. Sure. Yeah, almost every inflatable, you know, almost every raft manufacturer has has an inflatable kayak. Yeah, and then there's um, there's the Sea Eagle. So, Sevalor oh. <laughs> uh, also. Well, Sea Eagle, I don't have. I mean, I've never paddled one, so I don't know. But there's a lot of hate on the seagulls on, on this well, whitewater inflatable side. I don't it's, know. It's somewhere, it's somewhere, seagulls somewhere in between, you know, um, 
I don't know how to explain it. Somewhere between like a dinghy, like I mean, they kind of. I think they started out making think, boats, like yeah. Dinghies I think they mainly you know, make so like dinghies. Maybe that's exactly. why they're not really. People don't think of them as whitewater boats, but yeah, I'm sure they're capable. I don't have and an and issue with and them. sort of like Sevlor, uh, they're they're the quality of most of their craft. The 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 material is just not as durable. Yeah. And then another one I want to mention, because I've got a couple of buddies that have them, um, I need to do a little review on them, is Advanced Elements makes a couple. Again, that's a lower price point. They've got some interesting designs. Some of them include like some aluminum bars inside. Uh, To to me, I'm I'm 6'4". I'm 6'4". Seagull. There it is. Seagull tandem. Um, Running some... Class one. No, that's not class one. <laughs> it looks like and I'm just getting some solid class three up yeah. there up in Maine. Or but uh, those people are about to get cold. The advanced elements uh, little boat is a great boat. Uh, it's too small for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a tall guy, and so it wouldn't fit me. Speaking of that, you just mentioned tandem. So the yeah. first boat that I had actually was a tandem uh, NRS Outlaw. Yeah, and I set it up a lot like a Cronin Ugly Duck. Um, I just took the two thwarts and I used that as the as my footrest and backrest, and I had thigh straps. And being tall, it was great. You know, I mean, it yeah. it was uh, super stable and yeah. they track better than a single person IK. You know, and I guess that's the other thing we didn't really get into because I I'm, I don't do a lot of like overnight stuff oh, a, lot yeah, of, man. a lot of people do get and a so double if, you, if get you get a tandem you have the you know you can take two people potentially big old cooler i got the tandem really to take <laughs> a kid one of my kids in the front it was yeah. the plan and and that's what we did and uh and then i used it as a solo so mm-hmm. so that's a good option it'll give you you know and you can go camping with it and then the cronins because of that blunt kind of front and back that they have there's room a lot that of room prevents in you from being able to see anything that's <laughs> I, I, I'll upcoming. tell you what I did paddle, <laughs> I did paddle one on Upper Nantahala, borrowed it from David Coffin and and I I liked it I, I don't I mean you sit down in it it's stable it, it I would love to add one to my you know quiver whatever we talk about but I mean it, it, it would I would use it for a very specific kind of river did you, you know? have any problems with visibility I didn't no, I, I, but you're I, a tall guy also. But I tell you, that was that was a concern. Like I yeah. thought, like, will I be able to see over this? And that really wasn't an issue at all. I but think it should have like a little windshield. Make it clear. Yeah. Make it clear. Make a clear <laughs> membrane right in front of you so you can like yeah, maybe do a little glass bottom boat yeah. type there of action. Go. Got a whole another market for it. Yeah, now. Matt. There we go. Get on it. <laughs> Well, uh, so anyway, that's just some thoughts on some brands and some different things. But so I'll just sort of uh, start to wrap this part up. But I think they're good for beginners mm-hmm. for all the obvious reasons that we talked about. But what, and they're also very good for families and for your buddy that's not really into paddling. And you're like, hey, you know, they're visiting for the weekend. Let's go up here and run a you know the nanahala and you can put them in the ducky and yeah. you have a blast and so they're they're great for that extra friend that's not really into paddling and they want to go so um and then then they get hooked and then you're they're your paddling buddy yeah. all right so that's good but then here's the third thing that i think a lot of people and this is i've heard a lot of people talk about this um 
that they have been a hard boater for many years and they've had an injury or they're getting our age in their 40s, 50s. And I know there's a lot of hardcore dudes that are still going strong out there in their hard boats on into their whatever age. But, you know, looking at the long-term capability of of continuing to paddle, I I love the idea of my inflatables. And I'm talking about the, the ducky, but I'm talking about the rafts too, you know? So I think yeah. like long term, I can see myself and I've seen some dudes roll up to the put in and I'm like, that's what I want to be. Those, there's some old timers out there, you know, they're still rolling strong. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I don't see as many kayakers doing that. And I think some people just, you know, at some point they, it just, you know, they're like, okay, I need to get in something a little more forgiving. Like, I'm not sure, you know, maybe we're, maybe we're wimping out, but that, but I think it's a great option for people who still want to do it. They're still active. They're still getting out there. And it's, you know, it's, you know, hey, you know, fly your freak flag and get out there in the ducky. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Awesome. So I'm I'm all about it, you know, and I've I've told you um, here here in the southeast, I mean, uh, depending on where you're at, you know, Another topic of discussion is, you know, dam controlled rivers and free flowing rivers, but we have a ton of free flowing rivers that are, you know, mostly pretty chill, um, but some really cool areas where, you know, duckies make sense and they'd be, they'd be a great, um, a great way to access, um, you know, rivers like uh, the Tacoa. And, uh, you know, the great thing about ducky, you're not, you're not too worried about scraping your boat up Yeah, yeah sure. on rocks. So what? You got to get out of it because it's not that hard to get out of. And you drag it over a couple, you know, some rocks here and there uh, if the water's too low. But it's a great way to get out. And, and, you know, and, and if you think about expedition boating, you know, a long time ago, yeah, they, they portaged a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, and they still do in certain places, depending on do. what you paddle. <laughs> you know, so there, there's no shame in portaging. No, I'm not Even if to walk. it's too low. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, I, so, you know, trees, you know, or say you got to, uh, you know, do an overland portage or hike out. You know, the great thing about a ducky, hey, you got to get out of there. Well, I'll just deflate it and take it with me. Absolutely. You don't have to leave it. Yeah. So there are some, there are some definite uh, advantages what? advantages to them and and ducky design is really or inflatable kayak design uh has come a long way yeah over the years and it's just getting better well one quick plug i'll make i, I this past summer i started doing some inflatable kayak ducky reviews on, and i've got them on youtube and i post them on like whitewater inflatable kayaking from time to time um, and I don't have, I'm not partial to any brand. I don't think I'm just sort of ask people what they think and video them. So anyway, if you're interested and you're looking shopping for boats, if you can't get in one, you know, check out those videos. That's kind of what the point yeah. of making them is. So it's whitewater Ted, or you can get on whitewater inflatable kayaking group on Facebook and check that out. But awesome. all right, well, Hey, let's talk, um, Real quick about uh, some something that came up on one of the, the Facebook. Yeah, I, uh, so, uh, someone raised a question about you know good uh, waste throw bag throw rescue ropes, um, and uh, you know throw bags are, are can be a touchy subject because 
if you're not schooled enough, you you haven't learned how to throw one, you don't know how to, you don't know when to throw one. There are times when you know, if if that rope ever gets loose in your hands or from your hands uh and ends up in the river, it's the worst hazard that can exist uh in a river. Uh and and um you know, worse than a strainer, worse than undercut rocks because it just dangles and gets wrapped around stuff and can get a hold of people. So um but you know, if you know how to use the throw bag, um if you don't, please try to, you know, find some instruction and and uh you know work on it. But um uh a company called Soul Gear out of Moab, Utah makes an awesome waste throw bag. And um, there's there's a couple different versions out there, you know, waste throw bags. Uh, a lot of manufacturers will make one. Um, and um, Salamander makes one, and uh, NRS makes one. I've had, I, I don't know, two or three NRS waste throw bags fall apart on me. Like the bag just gave away the stitching on the belt, you know. Um, and salamander, their bag is part of their belt, which is kind of weird. So when you, yeah, I don't think I want to when you, buckle to the face yeah, when I, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> it, it, it kind of impedes the throwing ability of the bag or, you know, like the travel of the bag through the air is buckle in a, in a strap, just kind of waving in the air. But uh soul gear makes this awesome waist bag. It's got, uh, it's got this heavy duty, sort of shell it slides in that that is the the actual waist belt and uh it's 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 like a holster um with a with a you know a really good solid big old quick release buckle on the uh, waist and then the holster is able to drain and it's like a really thick kind of cordura material Mm. it's a really thick i don't know what it is but this stuff is awesome and um it's uh, the bag uh, has you know your typical um, you know your typical little uh, buckle to unclip it, and then when you pull the pull the bag itself out of the holster, um, you have uh, a great throw bag. It's diminishing towards the bottom, so it's a wide mouth opening, um, and there there's no uh, uh, what do they call them little little quick uh, quick release yeah you know um, or, or buckle on it yeah and basically it's just got a velcro strap on the on the top of it so there's one less thing to fail um those those little pressy mm-hmm. whatever i forget what they call them um those things always fail and that elastic always wears out and most throw bags um and at the bottom has, um, you know, has a uh, D-ring on the other end in, a, in its own pocket. Uh, and the the rope uh, they use is a 60-foot, uh, it's 8.2-millimeter sure grip, um, like Spectra type or Dyneema core, you know, uh, super heavy-duty rope. Really awesome, but not too big. It's easy to grip, easy to hold, and um, 3,200-pound breaking strength. Uh, so very, very uh, – they actually uh, designed their own rope, and Blue Water you know, makes their rope for them. Really awesome. Uh, so Soul so, Gear at uh, SOLgear.com. 
Uh, com, And we'll put that on our Facebook. We'll do a link or something or on yeah. our Facebook page. Yeah, and I'll, I'll you know, I'll maybe take some yeah. photos. But so. I've, I've used this thing for two years now. Nice. And it's it's awesome. It's easy to get to. It's a good release, quick throw. Um, and it's it's always the... the I, I usually have at least two ropes with me on commercial trips i'll have three ropes um on the chatuga i will have a coil rope i'll have a heavy hauler type of rope for pins and stuff like that like clipped into my into my boat and then i'll have my waist bag um well that's a cool bag well uh i think we'll revisit that whole topic yeah sometime soon maybe, no, maybe we'll do it maybe we'll do a safety thing sometime and, yeah that'd be and, cool and we can, i just wanted to give no, them, I, I just great. wanted to give yeah. them a shout out because Absolutely. they make great stuff they make great cam straps any kind of gear bag you can imagine drag bags he makes everything and he um he's in moab utah um on uh soulgear.com cool well uh so what's coming up what do we got coming up we got uh alf a louis fest on the teleco yeah, that's uh, it's a good time. March eighth and uh, March eighth through 9th. It actually it takes place two weekends, and the weekend between. Uh, but so a lot of people are up there. Like if you if you're into open boating, that's, yeah, it's that's it's, what it's, about. it's it's mainly an an open uh, you know canoeing festival. You can crash it in an inflatable. Yeah, <laughs> they you know they're they're pretty pretty friendly folks. There's even kayakers. They even let what? kayakers come in there. What? Yeah, hard shell kayakers. No. mingling with the open boater crowd. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Aunt Louis Fest uh, takes place on Teleco. Uh, it starts March 8th and I think goes through the 17th. But, um, you know, a bulk of the, uh, the the fest, it's not really a fest but because it ain't Louis Fest, um, <laughs> but uh, a bulk of it uh, happens at uh, March 8th and 9th. Um, they, um, the Teleco race, uh, for Aunt Louis for Alf is uh, on Sunday the 9th, Sunday March 9th. It's a good time. All right, and then uh, on the ninth as well. Uh, if you're out there, might as well jump in on the Teleco River cleanup. That's the same weekend. I saw I saw it on Facebook. That is crazy. So I guess that uh, it's going to be busy up there. It'll be busy. It's but anyway, be- if you want to do the Teleco River cleanup. Uh, says that they're meeting at the bridge takeout 8 a.m. Yeah, man. And then, speaking of cleanups, Chatuga. Chatuga River cleanup. Yeah, March 23rd. Um, based out of Chatuga Sounds Camp, uh, owned by uh, Greg Sluter. He does all the uh, lake shuttles. Uh, he'll, he'll do your lake shuttle down there on uh, Lake Tugelo if you're a Section 4 paddler. Or if you just want to do, like, you know, kind of a easy float trip out there on the lake and you don't want to paddle back you know against the wind or something like that um yeah that's uh that's an awesome event so um that's march 23rd um then once again we're keep we're gonna keep plugging it shatula fest uh or or you know we're simply calling it shatula um april 5th through 7th um we're really getting geared up. Uh, we're about a month out now, um, right? You know, right at a month out, and um, yeah, we got the bands lined up. Sweetwater 
Uh, Brewing from Atlanta is gonna is sponsoring our beer. Um, we're talking to them. They're gonna bring All a right. couple trailers full of beer or something. Maybe we'll uh, try <laughs> try try out some Sweetwater next week. We'll... But yeah, hey, check it out. Shatula Fest on uh, Facebook. Um, tickets are uh, advanced. Tickets are thirty dollars. That's you know an awesome price for a great uh, bunch of fun. Um, Link's going to be signing autographs, signing glamour shots of himself. (laughs) (laughs) Glamour shots. Maybe we'll have a glamour shots booth. Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. That's something else we can do. I'm up for that. But, uh, hey, uh, the the video contest, uh, Shatula video contest, grand prize is a piranha kayak. Um, Wow. So, uh, yeah, that takes place on Saturday night. And um, what else do we got? Uh, Rocky Mountain Rass, we're going to be – uh, getting a, a raft from Rocky Mountain Rafts and probably going to be raffling it off. Wow. Um, that's gonna, kind of a big deal. Cloud nine. I'm going to buy one of those tickets. <laughs> I'm going to buy 10. Buy 10. Yes. <laughs> 10, Ted. And then the last thing. So something we've been talking about, it's 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 me and some buddies have been talking about this for a while, and and we've mentioned it on here. It's the, an R1 S1, whatever you want to call it. We're, we're probably, you know, we don't really have a name. This is Link's thing, but He's gonna do a clinic, uh, so there's a lot of people interested in in learning to do solo rafting or fat cat or shredder style, you know, going solo. So, tell us a little bit about this. Um, yeah, so we we've been talking about that for a minute, and we got a date. Um, we're we're gonna hold it uh, the weekend of June eighth and 9th. And um, it's going to be a two-day, you know, clinic workshop type of deal. Um, hey, y'all want to help us out with a name? Um, you know, drop something on the uh, Waterbound podcast page and uh, Facebook page and, you know, let us give us some suggestions. Um, we'll have some advanced uh, registration, you know, some uh, early registration uh going on we'll announce it and uh, as, as things start to come together uh we'll definitely um definitely start talking about it and i think that's gonna be awesome and you know because there's a lot of people that are interested and are buying these smaller rafts as we know and they want to go solo of course if you throw a, a a question out there on some of these sites people are like just get in it and go but you know there's a little more to it than that i think it, there's you can avoid you know i'm all for some trial and error but um it's so helpful to get some actual blacky insight into <laughs> i know who you are <laughs> it's very helpful to to learn some some basic strokes and some things you know i think it can i think it really help folks out that are interested David Black, would you have S1 Lava Falls? No. You S2'd with me, and I love you. There we go. <laughs> all right, so uh, so that's it, folks. Um, all right. Yeah, Link. thank you all for checking in with us and listening, and please follow us, and uh, we're having a good time. And uh, Stay safe out there, folks. Yeah. See you on the river. Bye-bye.